Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. <laughs> this is the podcast where four psychotherapists, three of us Canadian, one of us American, serve you cutting edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes, a clinical psychologist from Pasadena, California. And I'm Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from Vancouver, Canada area. And I'm Joanna Boyd, also a registered clinical counselor from the Vancouver area. Chris Boyd, psychotherapist in the Vancouver area. That's right. And Joanna's brother. Gosh, you guys. Great to see you. Great to hear from you. Here we are in the month of May. Crazy. Enjoying changes in the weather. Longer days. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. It's I'm true. Enjoying that. Yeah, this we had. Oh, go ahead. What were we oh, I just said we had like a downpour today. It was like yeah, torrential downpour for a while, and then it was like the sun came out at golden hour, and there's a big like a a vibrant rainbow on the horizon. I don't know if Brooke or Christy saw that, but no, ooh, we saw the a, golden trees, but not the yeah, rainbow. The golden trees and then the like the lower uh, clouds are pink and the clouds are, but anyways, it's just beautiful, beautiful end to the day. So it was a nice little, yeah. Makes you happy. So. Oh, that's great. So what you're saying is every storm runs out of rain. Very symbolic and, of COVID. And without rain, there wouldn't be a rainbow, right? Mm. There's beauty. Mm. Really stretching it here. We could just have a podcast on metaphors. We could. Is that the topic, Joanna? No. Oh. Was it foreshadowing? Darn. It was not. If we're gonna do metaphors, I'm gonna need some. I'm gonna need some some runway on that one because. Uh, yeah, some they're hard. Prep- they're hard for me to think of on the spot, but I certainly use a lot of metaphors in my work. Mm. But uh, like what? Like what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Oftentimes when I'm working with clients, I use metaphors that are kind of relevant to, to their life, you know, relevant to their work, maybe, you know? Yeah. You know, with, uh, with an attorney client, I might talk about the, you know, like the negative voices in their head might be like the prosecution mm-hmm. and they need to work on their defense attorney to kind of, <laughs> you know, advocate for them in the right way. Something like that, just stuff that kind of speaks to to the language they know instead of using our silly jargon. You know? mm. That's great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A few years ago, Brooke actually did a bit of a workshop on, or had us talking about metaphors and metaphors in our practice. And I think, yeah, that was really cool to hear kind of what other people had to say. So, yeah, I feel like some people have their go-tos. For metaphors and how to explain things and um i feel that they can be really helpful i use them a lot that's for sure but as well like if you were to ask me what are the ones right now i'd be like i'd be a little bit stumped to come up with them but they seem to come so easily in session mm-hmm. yeah. yeah especially working with uh, kids and teenagers as well like that first session especially just trying to learn what they're interested in then uh trying to find creative ways to get the psychology across through those avenues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is true. Um, just a general reminder for any listener out there, springtime is a great time to start the mental health boot camp. 
can go to the mm. bootcamp.com and uh, 25 days of exercises, uh, usually about a half hour's worth of mental health exercises, a little bit of reading, maybe a little writing, maybe some actual physical activities to do, uh, things to reflect upon, meditations. And uh, yeah, it's a low, low price, $29.99, right? Is that what it is these days? I think it's. I still think it's 39. Oh, 39. That's what I meant to say. 39.99. Yeah. But if you enter the time for growth code, I think it's 20% off. Aha. Time for growth. I actually code. did a presentation a couple of days ago or yesterday, actually. It's been a long week um, on mental health. So they, they said that we can plug this mental health bootcamp program. So let's tell Ryan a bit about this before we started. Um, instead of focusing on one or two things over the span of 30 minutes, I decided to bombard them with a whole bunch of information, hoping that one or two things will kind of stick. And then I had probably at the end, a minute or two, I fit a minute or two to talk about our program. But after bombarding them with all this information, I'm like, only if there's a program out there that can take all these ideas and <laughs> turn it into a coherent program that, that has synergy and a flow to it. And I uh, filled them in on our program there. So. And you gave them a code? I gave and them it the could code. be yours time, today. Time for growth as well. But uh, I did spend 95% of that presentation just more on some great psychology, practical techniques. But Cool. Holy Jay Shetty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. job. I read this uh, book recently from Jay Shetty, Think Like a Monk. And there's just a lot of information in there, but a lot of concepts, like concept after concept, which I thought was great, but but uh, didn't quite flow the same way as together. So it was jam-packed with all these different ideas and how to conceptualize things. So so Jay shedded them. Yes. With info. Together was the book that we reviewed last week in our first uh, book club, boot camp book club uh, last week, uh, Vivek Murthy was the author and we talked all about his book um we all gave it pretty high marks eights and above i believe it was pretty high eights and a 7.5 7.5 that's right 7.5 was one of them uh <laughs> our next book club selection is called the gift by dr edith Iger. and i am almost done with it Wow. Well, it's it's not a very long book. Uh, it, I'm, I listened to the books, right? It's about a five-hour listen, and I've been out walking and running and stuff this week, so got got to plow through a lot of that book, and it's I'll, I'll I have some thoughts on it. I'm not going to share it now. I'm not going to spoiler, but I have you some have thoughts on this weeks. book. Interesting. Yeah, I just ordered it from Amazon, so yeah, I think I get it tomorrow. But mm. I also ordered her other one, The Choice. Mm. So that one had like thousands of reviews and it was a five star. Wow. Really? That so does not happen very book? often. Well, the, the gift had like thousands of reviews and it was like a four, four and a half star. So it was still really high. Um, I think the gift has been made into a movie. The gift is a movie. Hmm. But like this of, of this of her life or? I don't know. I just saw it and I assumed, but yeah. Oh, wow. There's a, yeah, I don't know if it's based off this. I, I don't. I'm okay, disregard that. I'll, I'll look into that. Fact, we need a fact checker here. Well, definitely check out 
that book. If you want to be participating, if you want to participate with us in the book club mm-hmm. in uh, another four weeks or so. And, yeah. Uh, or if you read the book and have curious on our thoughts, if you have questions, that can help guide our discussion a bit, right? Definitely. Write to us at info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com and we will enjoy the gift together. So. <laughs> you just blended the books. Yes. Together. The gift together. That's good. The movie is not based on the book. It looks <laughs> like it's like a, a thriller of some kind. So. <laughs> <That's very laughs> Don't look at it. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, didn't uh, NSYNC do a Christmas song called The Gift? And then there's another movie called The Ultimate Gift, um, which is also not based on this book, but it's about <laughs> like a fellow, a rich fellow who like passes away and he's giving his estate away and he wants to give a bunch to his grandson, but he wants his grandson to go through a series, like earn a series of gifts before receiving the ultimate gift, but he's actually learning a series of values. Each gift ah. is a value that he learns. So, um, yeah. Very I nice. Movie. I like that movie. It's heartwarming. Sounds heartwarming. Very nice. Well, one of us has a gift for the other three of us tonight. Mm-hmm. And the gift is the gift of the ambush. Where you know the topic, the other three of us don't. And Joe and I believe you are in charge of the ambush tonight, right? I am. I will send it your way right now. Right on. Hopefully this goes through. A little bit of a different thing this week, but we'll see. Well, yeah, your topics seem to be that way. They're thought out. Sometimes I'm like, I wonder what's happening in Joanna's practice that she's going to talk about this week. Mm, this has nothing to do with that. No, but, uh, like yeah. a theme that popped up or, no. Yeah. I really like this topic, Joe. Well, that's it's good. A very, it's a very good, popular, these and, and topical these days, mental health topic. Yeah. I mean, it's something you yeah. hear about a bit, and I'm glad we're talking about it. All right. So thank you. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> no, let's discuss it. Here is can, can the topic. You, yeah. Can you mention the topic so we can you know, delay as well? And I, I was just. I, was just, I need I was, a bathroom break, but after you tell me. You were being genuine that you really liked it. I totally I, missed the sarcasm on that. I was just receiving the gift. I was just, you know, appreciating it. And I kind of felt like I was wrapping myself up. So I just decided to wrap up. All right. Here's the topic. What do you miss about being a kid? How often do you play as an adult? And what does that look like? And and if we have have time to address this, if you could go back in time, what's one piece of advice you could give to your younger self? This is good stuff. Wide ranging. I was referring to the the topic of play as uh, mm. something that people talk about or starting to talk about more, uh, yeah. particularly for adults and how we don't prioritize play. We don't make that. Um, it's but it's so important both for our you know our, our rest and relaxation, for creativity, for our brain development to keep mm. things fresh, and uh, and that's something that people are, are emphasizing more and more is, is adults need to play. 
Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, I'm sure you guys ask this question too, but part of when I meet someone for the first time, I ask them, what do you do for fun? Hmm. And the, that question seems to stump people the most. They're like, yeah. oh, fun? I don't, I don't know. What do I, like it really makes them think. And that's uh, really interesting to me. It's a little peculiar. So I think this is, yeah, I think this is a really great topic because we need it for balance and enjoyment in our life and fulfillment. We need to play. We need to have fun. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Starting with the first question, though, which is not specifically about play, no. but it's uh, it's more about what do you miss about being a kid? What do you miss now? Mm. I guess that's we'll, we'll, we, we'll talk about that. But I know that we should also emphasize the fact that we might have good memories about being a kid, maybe some bad ones, too. Mm -hmm. But uh, but that question might hit some listeners as, oh, I don't miss anything. My my childhood was horrible you know mm -hmm. maybe they're maybe they're feeling like oh i don't want i don't i don't look fondly on my childhood at all so that there's definitely that to consider as well yep that's a very good point and i thought about that too um in terms of thinking of if we're missing some positive things and to recognize that there's some i don't know like for me there's some things and i have a privilege of having a lot of good things to pull from and things i do miss and you're right some people, it would might be very different for them. So sure. just um, acknowledging that I think is important. Yeah, yeah, just want to acknowledge that. But let's let's get personal here. What are some things you miss about being a kid? And it doesn't need to be take. It could just be kind of going back and forth. Um, keeping it simple. I don't know. I miss. That there's a bit of for me and i recognize this too that i did not have a lot of things i needed to stress about as a child um but there's some blissful ignorance that came with childhood that i definitely missed in some ways um not you know i think you kind of had your school stuff or you had you know some odd little stresses here and there but i think as i've gotten older and maybe probably because of my work there's just a lot more that comes with adulthood and uh sometimes i miss uh the time where i didn't know some of the stuff that was going on around me um and to just mm. be that kid again and luckily i was able to do that uh, given my childhood but yeah that's something that comes to mind for me yeah i was going to say spending time with family but mm. um <laughs> which of course i miss uh, but luckily, we get to see each other quite a bit. But along the same lines as Joanna, um, yeah, very carefree. Um, so there's definitely worries and concerns, and often it's magnified. And looking back on it, we kind of understand why from a developmental perspective. But mm -hmm. just the idea that you wake up and you have a day that you can go with the flow, watch cartoons, you can go outside, um, just kind of remember just being more in the moment, being in that flow. But very fortunate, though, that... Uh, Myself and Joanna, for sure, had a had a really good upbringings. Um, parents created that sense of safety and security, um, healthy attachments, secure attachments. So we we're allowed to, we're able just to not worry about a lot of things. Yeah, agreed. I uh, I, I would agree with with 
a lot of the family, I guess I think of like, uh, I kind of have snapshots of, of moments or, or times in my past when I, when I hear this question, what do I miss about being a kid? I, I remember our family dinners around the table, which was kind of nice. I had, you know, a couple, couple siblings and a couple parents. And I uh, remember those times being, and they weren't always so great. You know, we were a regular family. We would have some tension at times and, and occasional difficulties, but that, that time of connection was really nice. And I remember, you know, if, if one of my siblings wasn't around or, or if my dad was working late or something like that, I remember feeling, oh, that's like, I, I noticed the difference, you know, there's something nice about the, the completeness of everyone being there together was really nice. Um, also, there was just a lot of creative play. And, you know, I, I loved hanging out with my friends and a lot of just, you know, using our imaginations and, and making up stories. And, you know, I, I went through like an army man phase and through, uh, you, Me know, too. Yeah. you know, building, building a spaceship or airplane out of cardboard box. I mean, all these things that were pretty simple, but, uh, but really tapped into some, some imagination. And, and when you're in that imaginative play spot with other people who are also in that spot with you, it's really fun. Yeah, that was sure. really nice. Were you able to like bring people into that world of yours or was it, did you enjoy the creative play, the solo creative play? I mean, definitely solo creative play was, was fun too. But, you know, as I'm sitting there in my cardboard box that I built into a, I mean, I imagined was an airplane that I was flying around wherever or, or with friends, you know, when we'd have, we either <laughs> have the little green army men, you know, little guys yeah. would set up little battles and like fight one another or that way or something, or, or even run around in the woods uh, with uh, sticks pretending to shoot each other. It was a little violent, you know, but that was fun too. And then we're all kind of in it together, you know, having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all the other things playing kick the can and, and mm -hmm. other, other yeah. games like that. And, you know, getting to have a sleepover slumber party back then was just like the pinnacle. It's like, oh, this is so good. I get just all this time with my friends and stay up late and watch a movie and <laughs> so much fun. Yeah. Yes. I like that. How about you, Brooke? Yeah. yeah, I think um, I'm a little bit more with doubling up on what Ryan said, but when I look back, I think it's like I had a great childhood, but uh, Oddly enough, I don't like miss too much. Mm. I think uh, I was always a really independent child that wanted to do more than maybe what was appropriate for my age or like take the ball and run with it. Mm -hmm. um, but I think what I miss is having the time to be creative um, because you have more open time back then, right? Like I was born in the early eighties. So in the eighties, there was no internet and we weren't a big TV watching family. And so you just had a lot of downtime. So one of my favorite gifts that I got for my, I don't know if it was Christmas or birthday, but it was just like a tub of things from the craft store. And it was like all the scraps that they put into one tub. And then you like just use your imagination to like make stuff, right? Hmm. So I just having the time and space for your brain to enter that creativity, but I was never really imaginative, if that makes sense. I would rather like make art and be creative than 
Ah. Like, go like, take a stick, like, stick and have a sword fight in the backyard. Yeah, like I had dolls and Barbies, but I would rather prefer to make art or garden with my dad or be outside or like, yeah, I, I, it was different. I wasn't imaginative. I was more creative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But having that time and space to do it, I really, that's something that I, I kind of miss looking back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Summers before having a job, you know, oh. you just, it's just that feeling of it. And I remember when I first got my first job, I was like, this has changed. I, uh, you know, like the, the ease of, uh, yeah, summers or that extra oh. time, it just takes a shift. So uh, interesting, though, mm -hmm. like, I couldn't wait to get my first job. Like I was babysitting as soon as I could. And like, as soon as I could get I got my first job at 15, because I wanted to start working. And yeah, Yeah. fair. Yeah, gosh, I remember being like, eight, nine, 10 years old. And, and where I lived, it was in it was in Bend, Oregon. And it was a small town back then. And we lived just like a block or so from kind of the end of town. And after the end of town, there was like a national forest that went a hundred miles to the west, like through a mountain range. And so my buddies and I would get on our little BMX bikes or little motocross bikes, you know, bicycles, and just get up in the morning in the summer and just ride out there and see what we could find, <laughs> figure out, find stuff to do and come home at sundown. And it was just that that amount of freedom and unstructured time was just amazing you know yeah yeah your memories are really resonating with me the uh making things out of cardboard the army men yeah sports getting out there and playing hockey um my brother uh yeah taking off on the bmx bike and finding areas jumps or trails Mm -hmm. yeah very freeing for sure yeah yes you guys think kids these days like currently have the same kind of freedoms that we had i'm wondering if there's like a bit of a gap there is it was i'm i don't know if it was for you guys too but like you come home in the summer when the street light comes on and nobody has a phone so it's not like your parents can call you you just tell them you're going for a bike ride and they tell you the kind of the area you're supposed to stay in and to be back when the street light comes on or we'd literally, you might hear someone's parent calling them, like yelling, like, yeah, Joanna, dinner time. Or like, that was kind of like you're a few houses up the alley. And you're like, oh, or, gotta or, go. Or, or up a tree. Like, or hey. up a tree. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, for me, it was barefoot in the backyard. I'd be in the fort or climbing trees or um, it was just, yeah, playing, playing in the dirt. I loved it. Yeah, I wonder if that's kind of being robbed a bit for children now. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm the one of us who has kids who are in that sort of play range, and uh, and I've got to say it, it it does look a lot different. At least here in Los Angeles, where I live, um, you know, there's there are safety concerns, and there's it's such a big place, and you know, my kids' friends are not on the block. They're few miles away and so you know the whole the whole concept of the play date which i i never heard until i became a parent really mm-hmm. um but the play date which really is just requiring kind of scheduling among the parents okay let's get these kids together for a certain amount of time 
play, play, you know, what are they going to do? Well, they're going to do that. They're going to swim. They're going to ride bikes. What are they going to do? It's just, it's not, doesn't have that same unstructured sort of feel. I'm sure that's not, you know, I'm sure it's not dead everywhere. I'm sure there are neighborhoods where kids are still, you know, coming home with the, when the streetlights come on. But uh, as far as the way my kids' lives look, it does look very different than the way my childhood looked, for sure. Yeah, for sure. And of course, the, um, the devices, right? Yeah. Um, and it's not just uh, the lure of these really super engaging video games and YouTube videos, but it's also the connection. That's like one of the, the go-to or most convenient way to connect with your friends these days. Yeah, there were a lot of video games still back when we were younger, right? But there seemed to be once you're outside, you were outside. It wasn't like you have a device with you. There's, it's obviously more entrenched in our society these days, for sure. Um, everyone seems to have some kind of device, but um, yeah, I don't know. I just wanted to. That's true. Yeah, no, there was still, yeah, TV shows in Disney Afternoon and, and uh, video games as well. And video um, games were different slightly because there was no Wi-Fi, right? So if you're going to play video games with your friends, your friends invite them came over, over and you had to have multiple controllers. And Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit of a different uh, setup, wasn't it? Yeah. Now it's actually inconvenient to have a friend there at your house because you need separate devices and consoles. Mm -hmm. So because of the sophistication of these games, it's not easy to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah, it's different for sure. So I always, uh, it's nice to hear in our, my neighborhood here, like when kids are outside playing, it's like a, it's a positive and a negative all at the same time when the summer comes, cause you're like, it's 10 o'clock. Why are they guys still out there doing random things? But at the same time, it's so nice to hear kids playing and laughing and playing hide and seek in the dark or getting up to shenanigans. As long as it's safe, it's good, but. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, yes. Back to screen time really quick. If you guys, if anyone's interested in listening, episode 22, we talked to Joe Dilly, who's, uh, who wrote a book called the game is playing your kid. Scroll back to, uh, to episode 22 to listen to more about the concerns about screen time for kids. Just throwing that in there as a little plug, just plug it away. Um, one of my kids had a birthday a couple of weeks ago and we had, we were fortunate to have a, a pool and, uh, and had three kids, three of his friends over to swim in the pool together for like this actual little birthday party for the first cool. time in so long. And it was just, it was the delight. I mean, like, as you're saying, Brooke, like just, just to hear kids playing like that is so nice. And particularly in the, you know, with the pandemic and everything and how, how it's been so different from that. But even that was like, okay, drop off the kids at one. Parents aren't coming in. Kids are going to play until 3.30. Then they're going to go. And that's it's like still structured, but, uh, but really nice to see that, that kind of social interaction. I, uh, I like kind of what you said, Brooke, before is like, I think I agree. It's not. Like when I think and when I posed this question, it wasn't like I wish I could go back and be a kid. I think that was a great, you know, yeah, I think it's or I'm like, oh, 
it's not like I reminisce a lot or be like, I wish I could go back to that time. It was great and I'm happy to be where I'm at. But I think there's, I think about the carefreeness or just the, the centeredness on play. And luckily I was able to do that in my childhood was have more focus on play. And um, yeah, I think sometimes as an adult, that's not focused on as much. And so it's um, sometimes fun to think about the magic of different experiences for the first time or that time with friends or certain family experiences, um, depending wherever you spent most of your time. But there's, yeah, something about that that I think gets slowly farther away as, as um, adulthood and everything that comes with that kind of creeps up. But Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I'm glad you... You mentioned that and clarified that and yeah and then notice it too when we're around persons who are younger uh, who are in their childhood ages and just to see them play mm-hmm. um, and to see kind of that mindset or you can see the wheels turning of their creative imagination or like they're really just concerned about the like the innocence of it like you said mm-hmm. there's just an innocence to it and exploring the world they're so in the moment. Curiosity mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's remarkable. It's very magic, magical for sure. Maybe this is a good time then to, uh, to introduce that last question before we kind of turn to adult play and, and say, gosh, you know, let's say you're imagining yourself as a kid. I don't know what age range we're talking about. I, I think of like nine, 10, you know, Kind of that prepubescent kind of uh, you're 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 old enough to get out there and be you know be social and autonomous, but you're not yet kind of um, taken over by hormones and social comparison stuff or you know, all the other stuff that comes along with middle school, junior high stuff. I don't know. I'm just thinking of that age. But this this whole idea of okay, if you could give a bit of advice to that younger self, to that kid. If they would listen to you, by the way, they might not because mm-hmm. adults are probably not to be yeah. trusted, really. <laughs> <laughs> not to be trusted or, you, you know, you don't want to lecture to a, a kid, right? But if you could give a little bit of advice to that kid, is there anything you'd want to tell them about, about the, their life, about their future? I mean, what, what were you imagining here, Joe, for this question? Oh, man. I know my question's kind of... I think I thought for that it wouldn't it didn't necessarily need to be as a kid, but I think I don't oh. mind going that route. It could just be whether it's a really young kid, if it was a teen, or just your younger self in some way, more um, young adult and under. But uh, yeah, if there's some kind of like thing that came up, but I yeah, I think it's it's good to kind of maybe focus on the younger since we're kind of in that realm of of play and um, yeah. So it was just more reflecting. If now if you you know, just wanted to kind of give a heads up about something. So super broad, I realized and I, it, it could be uh, a realm of different topics. And so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Just kind of add a few different things in mind. And by the way, podcast listeners from the United States, Canada and worldwide, these are great questions for you to ponder as well, right? You know, absolutely. what, what do you miss about being as a kid? Um, and also what advice might you give a younger version of yourself? I think this is a very, this is a great question. It's, it's, it's one I've asked people before in, in therapy as well. Oh yeah, me too. Um, because there's a, 
a not so subtle twist to this one <laughs> off of time but let's answer it first for me for me it would be if i if i could give some advice to to myself as i guess any age earlier like whether it was eight nine ten or even as a teenager or high schooler i'd say go ahead take more risks you know go ahead and 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 go for it you know yes ask her out or go out for that team or uh you know raise your hand and ask that question in class or do you know i i think i i like a lot of kids i had my own kind of anxieties and and fears and social you know self-consciousness and and all of that if there's any way that i could convey to that kid that all of all, so many of those fears are temporary and uh and it's so much it's there's such a rush such a payoff at, at taking that risk and 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 either succeeding or failing it it feels good to just put yourself out there sometimes um and if you fail you know it hurts but it, it doesn't last forever so i'd, I'd tell them to go 110 percent playing sports and uh and you know if you want to ask the girl to the dance go ahead and ask and see what happens like that would it. be my advice great Want me to go next? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one, and I've pondered this question before too. And uh, see, the difficult part for myself is, I think a lot of those challenges and difficulties that I faced in my past help shape who I am today. So, if you give advice to a younger version of yourself, then that may change the pathway or trajectory of your life. Um, also, so notice the, the Mr. Butterfly effect. We don't yeah. have a time machine. That's right. The the back to the future problem, right? Back to the future problem. So not end game problem. End game is a little different. This is back to the future. So, um, so yeah, you know, I think uh, what popped in my mind initially was telling my past self, you're not too cool for school. Like, you know, just don't be school adverse or academic adverse. Like getting uh, lost in play was great, but there's a lot of things I'd rather do than, than school. So um, reading and and uh, focusing on my academics uh, that often took a back seat to all the other things I wanted to do which is I think eventually I figured it out but it would have been nice to figure that out a little sooner hmm. Hmm. interesting I mean I, I'm I'm telling myself to, to cut loose a little more and to to be a little more you know take, take some more of those risks and do some of those things and you're like yeah maybe you should have buckled down a little bit more huh <laughs> <laughs> buckle down get back to work come on dude you're having too much I mean, fun you know i've had my anxieties and i mentioned kind of introverted there or not uh a little nervous or um but uh but i, I still think there's a lot of growth that happened there too and i think i, I kind of like the way it unfolded and happened and so i don't think i would want to mess with that part because i'd be afraid of what would happen <laughs> where it'd be right now if i did Great. Yeah, I like the, like even another way of phrasing it, and I've done this with clients as well, maybe not advice, but if it's like a, you know that that younger self has to live life as it's coming, but what heads up can you give? Or, uh, you know, things might get tough, but just keep this in mind for yourself. Or mm. there is a, you know, um, versus a do something different. Because yeah, it is tough. 
because like Chris said, the way we live life has made us who we are in a lot of ways. So it's hard to imagine changing something necessarily. Yeah. Um, so, so what, so what are you thinking, Joe? What, what would yours be? <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, it's a tough one. I think, um, there'd or be, Oldbrook. yeah, no, it's, uh, for me, I think it just, uh, yeah, I, I guess it would just be encouraging to not be afraid of, um, maybe checking in or sharing a little bit more about what's going on for myself or um, if I'm unsure about a relationship or unsure about um, certain decisions, just being able, not afraid to check in with those close to you uh, or let people support you. Um, you know, that's what our loved ones are for. So just not being afraid to do that, I think, because, um, yeah, it can be scary or you're not sure what they're going to say or um, might feel like you have to be a little bit... Um, yeah, vulnerable in some ways, but yeah, just there's people around you. Check in with them if you need them. That's what they're there for. So. Vulnerability, open up, huh? Mm -hmm. Or like if you just let people help you if there's decisions or if you're not sure about something, you don't need to deal with that by yourself. That's all I would say. It was a little that's, bit heavy, that's... a little bit deeper. <laughs> no, that's 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 good. I mean, it's it says a lot about like you know, trusting, I guess, trusting that it'll be okay to open up and to, to let yourself yeah. be known a little bit more, right? Well, yeah, you just don't need to, if you're struggling with anything, you just don't need to keep that in for as long as you thought you did. So. Great. Mm -hmm. That's great. Yeah, I think mine would be more just reassurance, like mm -hmm. kind of a, you've got this, it's all going to work out in the end kind of thing. Um, as I've mentioned before, on other podcasts, I probably tend to run anxious and there's like a continued sense of urgency or pushing forward or wanting to do things right or well, or am I on the right track? Is this the best decision to move forward and whatever? Yeah. So just kind of that reassurance that like, it'll all work out in the end. It's going to be fine, which is funny because that's what my parents told me my entire life. So maybe just listen to my parents who are saying it's all going to work out in the end. You don't have to worry about it. It'll all smooth over, you know, but yeah, I was the opposite of Chris. Like I need to go to every single class and I need to do all my notes and I need to like very academically oriented and wanted to do well in everything, still like to do well in everything. And yeah. It'll all work out in the end. It's okay. There you go. Yeah. Did you did you miss much school in high school, Brooke? No. There was like obviously some days. So because I ran anxious and wanted to do well all the time and typically was involved in a lot, and then I was highly social outside of school. Um, like sometimes I would take a mental health day because I would just be like stressed out. So we would call it that in my like house. So I'd be like, I just don't know if I can do this and then I need to stay home today and my parents would be fine with that. So there would be an occasional day like that, but I never like skipped class. I might've skipped like PE class at the end of the year to like go get a Slurpee, but that was about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas Chris was, uh... I was in grade eight when Chris was in grade 12 and his, I think, school bag was a bowling ball bag. Wasn't it, Siva? Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know if he had papers in it. Maybe one pencil and like a 
don't know, chocolate bar. But it was a game, yeah. Trying to miss as much class as I can. That is so wild. To college, though. I did, yeah, yeah. Made it to college, but a lot of my friends are, you know, they they still found that balance with academics. But yeah, I don't know. You're the you're involved with Chris, Chris. Yeah, I'm still very involved. Like, yeah, student council and pep club, which was actually a really cool thing at our school. Um, lots of committees, but it was, yeah, I think that is not as academic focused, but that's okay. I was kind of curious how I would have done if, uh, I would have been a little more focused in that way. I, I missed two days of, of high school. One day when I was a freshman, one day when I was a junior. Whoa. That was wow. it? Like even like you were never sick or had the flu or... i mean that, that's that's why i missed because i was i was like i threw up at school and was like i guess i'd better go home oh. and uh another day i was i don't know some, some other malady but i just i didn't i, I mean I, I i don't think I, I would say i wouldn't have said that i loved school but i i didn't i didn't have anything else to do <laughs> i was i liked being there i liked being around my friends i liked uh i didn't like missing out i didn't like that that feeling of oh i missed uh i missed yesterday's class and so now i don't now i have to catch up i don't know what's going on yeah. Yeah. i just i wanted to be on top of things so that was i guess you know i would say there's probably some anxiety induced some uh some fear stuff as well yeah, i definitely but, echo that also, I just loved learning. I think I still do. Mm. I like to learn things. So I was just naturally curious and wanted to learn stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that that happened for me a little later, but <laughs> I liked I liked being in school. I didn't want to miss. Good stuff, guys. Let's talk about play for adults, shall we? Yeah. That's a big that's a big deal these days. And I mean, there are, I, I've seen, uh, I send my kids to summer camp in the summer I, and then doing like research on that in the past, there are, there are adult summer camps for just, just grownups, yep. you know, in their twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, whatever, go and go to the summer camp and play for a while. Um, there's a whole industry kind of being built up around play for adults. And yet still m- the vast majority of adults do not invest much time in play and i love your question there before brooke of like okay what do you do for fun and it's it is hard for people to come up with an answer for that yeah so what do you think are the benefits of play and why should i don't like using that word but why should adults be uh a little more open to the idea of play do you think i think it's so mindful I think play is mindful, right? Like it's a sense of mindfulness, but it's also like it's releasing chemicals. Um, like I'm sure it's releasing endorphins and dopamine into our system. And then we're more present and in tune to the moment. And when we're doing that, then cortisol, the stress hormone gets stunted, I'm trying to read Chris's brain on what else he's going to try and say and cut him off at the source. <laughs> I'm sure he has oh, a quote from some book somewhere. Job. Yeah, but no, I, th- I think it's like extremely important and it just grounds you. Yeah, stops all the thoughts and the worries and you're just here. Mm. And you laugh 
and it's good. Would you say, Brooke, because I'm interested because you said before, like with your play as a child with these like tubs of things from the craft store, it wasn't imaginative play, but it was creative play. Um, would, is, is that, is that the same in your adulthood? Would you say that any of your play yeah. right now is still creative and not imaginative? Yeah. Like I would, I enjoy doing yard work and doing projects and colors or painting when I have time or, um, that kind of stuff or knitting or crocheting, like creating a thing. It's more creative than it is imaginative for sure. Yeah. Which is interesting because I loved theater. Like that was kind of fun and playful. You, did you do theater? I did, you act- yeah. You yeah. acted. Yeah. And it was great. That was fun. That was wonderful. Hmm. I wish I would have seen one of your plays. <laughs> oh, I'll see what I can find for you, Ryan. Oh, yes. Please dredge something up. Give me a VC VHS tape sure. of all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but what about you guys what are the benefits of adult play well and also uh, just i think uh, i think you said this i don't know well if there's just so many different types of play you can you know do something where you just like you said for you brooke with knitting you know at someone else that might not be play at all mm-hmm. um but you can whether it's playing a video game but then there's also the connection time with other people where you foster yeah, connection time and that smile between people or that joint laugh or that um, just mutual lighthearted space, I think could just, yeah, release the endorphin. So connection time, I guess, if it's more of the um, play or even if you're, you don't necessarily need to be interacting with someone, but just parallel play. I know that's more of a term for kids, like the importance of just being able to play alongside someone, but I think that could be said for adult life as well. Just being in a space where you're in that creative or playful state of mind I think that's yeah cards mm-hmm. I want to throw out cards as a form of play yeah. or us in Canada the three of us play a lot of cards together mm-hmm. oh yeah, I wish I could play cards yeah together. Oh, board games as well yeah yeah when, when I think of play like yeah board games and cards for sure playing sports so um obviously we didn't get to do this the past year but have a, a game of uh, flag football I used to be tackle football before the Super Bowl. Uh-huh. It's, yeah. it's a blast to get out there, and we're all out of shape, and luckily no one gets hurt. Um, uh, I have two nephews and two nieces, so sometimes we have some great games to kick the can in my parents' backyard. So usually you're kind of tired, exhausted, about to go home. The kids are like just play kick the can. You're like okay, and then once you <laughs> seconds later, you're totally into it. It's having a blast. And uh, laughing together, or, you know, like brings up lots of uh, different emotion, of course. But um, yeah, art. I know uh, Brooke and I have done this before. We throw on like a Bob Ross um, Netflix video and try to create what he does. Of course, we fall short, um, epically fall short because Bob Ross is great. But uh, you, you have the paints everywhere, it gets messy, and it's just, yeah, very creative um, space to be in. We're dancing. Oh, that one's fun. Just yeah. getting the body moving. That That's is lovely. fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the kid thing for, for me is huge. 
Um, I think it's an opportunity to kind of enter their world a little bit and uh, just connect with them. But it's just fun. It's kind of a change. You don't really need to have these conversations. You could just dip right into wherever they're at and kind of direct you around. And all of a sudden we're in the backyard climbing trees or we're kind of doing some imaginative play and um, helps me feel connected to them. But it also is kind of a nice, I don't know, it's fun, kind of fun to be goofy and silly and not really worry what you're doing and yeah. um, worry is, what you does, look like. Yeah. Or, yeah, it doesn't take much either. It's like, we got a ball, we got a stick, and we got a pine cone. Let's have a game. Like, okay, yeah. here we go. Yeah, so kids are uh, the experts when it comes to it, I feel. Totally. I, I Earlier today, I was uh, in the pool about 15 feet behind me right here um, with my kids and just making up games, you know? You know, okay, let's let's play this game where you have to you know, I'll throw things in the bottom of the pool and see who can pick up the most of them. You know, all these different little yeah. iterations of just little games that we just play with each other. Some of them are competitive and some of them are just kind of fun. And and uh, I think that's that's a nice part of, of being around kids. You know, I guess whether you're an educator or a, or a, a uncle or aunt, aunt or a uh, parent or whatever it might be, but just being around kids, they're... There is something that's very, kids are really good at that. They're much yeah. better at it than adults are. Yeah. But when you let yourself kind of join in with that, it makes it a lot easier as an adult. No, it does. I, but I'm, I, I as, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm a big proponent of, of play in a lot of ways. I have a, a group of people, we play music uh, every week together. We've done that for many years and we're playing music. It's playing, and you know, it's it's uh, sure there's 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 some some work elements to it as we're trying to like figure out what kind of song to play and what our parts might be and all that stuff. But there's certainly a lot of just uh, creative, you know, and joyful sort of moments in that, and just enjoying um, the kind of co-creation of something. You know, as we make a song, and and that that's all very much fun for for me as well. But I also yeah. find that, um, you know, one of my outlets, creative outlets is writing. And uh, I've gotten into to writing fiction recently. And I've written a lot oh. of a lot of nonfiction stuff through the years, psychology stuff and how to go to therapy stuff and everything like that. But um, but to write some fiction is really I mean, it's it's sort of an extension of that eight-year-old nine-year-old me kind of creating this little world and kind of playing in it you know fiction writing is very much a uh, fantasy sort of world you're just creating this there's there's some more rules and you have to kind of um use other parts of your brain but there's so much that's just purely play that goes into that as well and i, yeah. I love it i love that stuff that's awesome yeah i'm going to mention too the um what are colleague at uh, our practice. He actually works up at Simon Fraser University, uh, David Linsku. He does a group up there called Dungeons and Worry Dragons, where you actually literally face your demons. So uh, group members uh, become players in Dungeons and Dragons tabletop role-playing game and therapeutically kind of uh, through their characters, I guess they face certain scenarios and whatnot. So really cool way of um, incorporating play into the therapeutic process 
Yeah, he's taken Dungeons and Dragons to a therapeutic level. It's pretty great. It's so interesting. I've heard of in in very different contexts, like three or four different uses of Dungeons and Dragons as a therapeutic tool, which is really cool. interesting to me. Yeah. I never really played. I think I played once when I was a kid, but and I know it's it's a very creative sort of, you know, create your world yeah. and and uh all the challenges and there's a dungeon master who takes charge and all that stuff. But I absolutely if someone's inclined towards that stuff, I can totally see that being useful. As in and and really going going full circle here, it's 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 metaphor, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're creating these these pieces and these scenarios that are metaphors for your life, right? Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's cool. I, the, I like to still be outside a lot. That's a, there's lots of opportunity to play. Um, but being in bare feet, I think that just makes you think of being a kid. And so even as adults, it's kind of, um, mm. kind of, I don't know, and the opportunities to kind of, whether it's gardening or something gets dirty or kind of, you're just kind of, it, it's a connection with your senses a little bit and maybe just takes you away from um, other things that might be on your mind or I don't know, it's just playful for me. I'm like, I don't need to worry about my feet being dirty. I don't need to worry about the dirt on my hands. Like it's kind of just uh, engaging in um, different parts of your brain, right? Different activities, the more artistic ones will be on the right side of our brain. Some people like to do more problem solving type games and that's great left side, I guess, but it's just, um, yeah. Maybe it brings me back a little bit to that playing as a kid. That's why well, I don't mind it so much. Well, maybe that's, and I think that's probably a good thing to 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 hit on here too, Joe. Is that you know when 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 people talk about play, you know, oftentimes they talk about you know joining a, a an adult uh, role playing group or something like like something that's kind of a big investment of time. But I think that play we can find play in a lot of things. You can send a a witty text or an email to a friend or something. You can um, you can spend a couple of minutes doodling, uh, you know, right? Just drawing something on a piece of paper. Mm. I mean, play doesn't have it, it doesn't have to be these big investment things where you are are spending hours and hours and uh, dollars to even figure out how to play. It can just be these small moments where you're. It's not work. It's not um, zoning out. Mm -hmm. but it's uh it's tapping into something that's kind of creative and expressive right yeah i feel like you can be playful without playing. necessarily engaging in play mm. right and maybe that's kind of what you're alluding to there like just having these little snapshots um i like to make a lot of sounds <laughs> so like I don't know if I'm going to describe to you how something goes. I'm probably going to use hand motions and sounds rather than words mm -hmm. or with my dogs. I like talk out loud what I think they're saying mm -hmm. and I have a conversation with them, you know, like just mm -hmm. random or make up a little song as you're doing something, you know, uh, or silly, just silly voices, silly yes, voices, like, yeah. rhyming, you know, just like oh, yeah. being playful. Yeah. Um, there's your imaginative play stuff, Brooke, right there. It's with your pets. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Just it's um, interesting because I've worked with some parents before and when I've talked about play or encouraging them to have some one-to-one -one time, I've heard it before, not, you know, more than a few times of, I don't know how to play. 
Like I don't, I didn't really do that much as a kid or mm. I don't even, it's awkward to me. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to engage in that. So it's, um, I think there could be a lot of people that way where the idea of play and letting loose or having to do something that they weren't really familiar with growing up, it's super uncomfortable for them. Um, and so I think it is important to say that play can do many things or like Brooke, you said, you could just playful is a different thing, right? So, because um, yeah. I think some people may not have engaged in that type of stuff, or maybe they didn't have an opportunity to play much as a kid because they had other responsibilities or things they had to take care of or had to take yeah. care of their parents and they're parentified very early. And I, so I think if you don't know, if play is not a big thing right for you now, like it's, there's still hope that you can, you know, engage in different areas or hobbies or interests or kind of learn what play means to you. Um, it's never too late, but it's just uh interesting hearing that yeah. I've heard that yeah. from a few adults and their child might mm. be playing in a different way than they play yeah right which is kind of just echoing what you said there but yeah their child might be more imaginative and they might be more creative like mm. they might be able to be playful but entering into imaginative role play with dolls might be very very hard for them mm. um so maybe there's some common ground there like baking or or music or something you know that's it i mean it, it, an interesting point there where like if you're talking to a little kid like play is sort of the the main thing that they're looking for like well can we play or what when, when can we play Always, like when, yeah. when is when's the when's the time when we can play right mm. I, I guess it makes me wonder like when does this shift happen where like you know, play is the top priority. Like that's the main thing I want to do, which is most little kids, you know, I want to play. Can we play? When does that suddenly kind of click over to whatever else it is that we, we want to do as adults or young adults, right? What do I, what do I want to, when you don't want to play, what does it become? I want to produce, socialize, I, I socialize right? Because um, then we go into preteens or teens where it's becoming the social dynamics and identity self like self-development and mm -hmm. so how do I fit in the world with other people how do I get along with other people I think it starts shifting then maybe that is yeah and, and that and, and then that even transforms into like uh, a real identity piece of like impress and like how can I yeah. achieve not just who am I to others but who am I to the world Yes. Yeah. You're right. But how you know? I'm investing my time in an image or or trying to get people to approve of me. Oftentimes, yeah. Huh. Man, that's a that's a that's a deep one. But but that's you know I guess that that fits like it's uh this this kind of awareness kind of clicks on at 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 puberty or so and people are sort of doing the social comparison thing of like well where do i fit in in the in the pecking order you know hmm. anyway <laughs> we'll go back to play um okay as a as a as a a moai moai yeah that's what we think it's pronounced that way moai Moai. Not Moana. Moai. Moai. Uh, 
which was introduced to the book that we talked about last week together, um, which is this a group of people who kind of hold each other accountable to things. Is there anything that you want to focus more on as far as play is concerned? Is there any, any sort of uh, play goal that you have as an adult? I think the Moai, wasn't it just like a group with mutual interest? Or is it just a topic? Or was it all about accountability? Oh, I think well, it's... I yeah, I think it could be lots of different things, but a group okay. coming together with a common interest or a point of connection. But I think I'm sure accountability could play into it. Um, I think um, Mother's Day is coming up this weekend mm -hmm. and uh, hopefully going to do a backyard visit with uh, nephews and nieces. So, yeah, uh, make that a priority for sure. It's, can I engage in some play then for Mother's yeah, just Day? get right into the play, make yeah. uh, make that a, a major focal point of the, the hangout. Great, love it. At a safe distance and obviously outside, running around. Maybe kick the can or something like that. We'll see. Kick the can. Bring that back. Anyone else want to play? Brooke. Well, some I'll be playing the kick the can game. I'll be, I'll be there too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sure I'll incorporate play in my own way. Lots of yard things. And um, I think for me, play incorporates storytelling as well, like being around others and sharing mm. stories. So I'm hoping to connect with some friends outdoor at, uh, at a distance this weekend that I haven't seen face to face in a while. It's a really good friend of mine that's in the book club. Mm. Um, but being able to see them in person and hear stories and laugh and reminisce or, or whatnot, for me, that's somewhat playful as well, like something that generates laughter and positive emotion. So I think getting that done would be That's really great. good. Yeah. That is what great. What about you, Ryan? Uh, I'm I want to do some more writing. I'm going to plan on doing some more fictional fiction writing to tap into that creative fancy, fantasy part of my brain, you know, um, which is fun for me. And I, I definitely will enjoy that. And I'm sure I'll go swimming again with my kids if the weather holds up and uh, we'll make up weird games and conquer each other. So it'll be fun too. That will be fun too. Well, Joe, I got to say, I really enjoyed this topic. This was a lot of fun. This was playful for me too. Yeah, no, thanks for everyone for, yeah, going along with it a little bit different that I think uh, I thought it'd be fun to kind of share some of our own things and from our own lives and we don't really do that too too often as a starting point so and yes. yeah talking about play it's important I think no matter what age you are play is yeah and if you come up here uh, Ryan next time we come up to Canada we'll play a game of sticks we'll go into the the meadow with a couple of sticks and sword fight and... we can definitely do some sword fighting I'm all for it that'd be great good Good. I'll bring a bunch of little green army men too. <laughs> see what happens. Okay, so that's it. Like and subscribe. Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, or YouTube. Send your questions to info at mentalhealthbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Tell a friend or two or any of your playmates. And uh, we will see you guys next time. Good night. Bye. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.